This thing of of judgment comes up a lot. In fact, in the passage that we looked at this last Lord's Day on Sunday morning, it, it occurs three or four times with Jesus affirming that the Father, God the Father, has placed in his hands the prerogative of judgment. We're going to look a little bit more at some specific future judgments that Jesus will be overseeing this week. I'm Pastor Russell Howard, and this is Beyond the Notes. The future judgment is a very real deal as God, the living God, who is the creator of all that is, does maintain and, and have within himself the, the right to adjudicate his creation in terms of, of how things have gone or how things will have gone when everything is said and done. We saw in the passage last Sunday in John chapter 5, this middle section, verses 18 through 29, Jesus says that the Father has given all judgment to the Son. He says that in verse 22. And then again in verse 27, he says the Father has given him, the Son, authority to execute judgment. So, so what of this judgment? How can we understand judgment, especially those of us who are believers? Well, I believe that the New Testament gives us three coming judgments that we can understand biblically. Um, and, uh, well, because I'm me, I, I have alliterated them so I can remember them. They are the judgment on Satan, the judgment on sin, and the judgment of stewardship. Let's take a look at them biblically. The, the judgment for whom we all long, Satan has been the enemy of our souls since the Garden of Eden. He's a liar and an accuser and the enemy of all that is good and righteous, including those of us who are God's people. He and his uh, minion demons are forever active, trying to, to trip us up and tempt us to sin. The Word of God describes him as a, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But when it's all said and done, at the end of the millennial reign, subject for study at a different time, but at a future period, um, he's going to encounter the judgment of God. It's in Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 7. And when the thousand years are ended, that's that millennial reign, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea, and they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. Whatever battle this is, it's going to be one of the quickest battles ever fought. By the way, um, just a word of the wise, don't pick a fight with omnipotence. Uh, it's a real bad idea. <laughs> and the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. That is the summary judgment and condemnation and ultimate consigning of Satan to eternal hell. That's the judgment on Satan. And you'll notice if you've read the entire book of Revelation and you see that it is God the Son, the rider on the white horse, who's executing that judgment. Now, <clears throat> another judgment is the judgment on sin. 
I, um, I've heard it said that the only reason anybody goes to hell today is the willful rejection of Jesus. I want you to be careful with that because I don't think that's a very good way to put that. If the only reason anybody is in hell today is the uh, final and conscious rejection of Jesus, then the last thing we should do is send missionaries to those who've never heard of him. Because those who've never heard of him have therefore never consciously rejected him and must be eternally okay until they hear the gospel and reject it. Well, that's all kinds of tangled up and weird, and it's just not true. Those who, those who go to hell and are judged forever will be judged because of their sin. The book of Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Let me get my eyes adjusted. Here we go. For you may be sure of this, this is Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 5, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one, here it is, verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, that is, those sins, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. It is true that the only means to salvation is to follow Christ, but the means to condemnation is our sin. Um, picture, it, picture it rather like this. Uh, if, a, if, a, if a plane is headed right toward the side of a cliff, I mean, you're going to fly right into the side of a cliff, and the, uh, and the offer is made, if you will put on a parachute and jump for your life, You'll survive. If you don't do that, you're going to die when this plane smashes the side of the cliff. Well, suppose some do put on the parachute, jump, and live, but many don't. And they crash into the side of the cliff, and the, 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 the teams have to come and comb through the wreckage at the base of the cliff and try to do the work of the uh, medical examiners, etc. There will be many people who have died among the wreckage at the base of that cliff. And when they're noting their cause of death, when they're noting why they found themselves in those catastrophic circumstances, nobody is going to say that their cause of death was failure to put on a parachute. Though with a parachute they could have lived, their cause of death was their ongoing presence on the plane, not their failure to put on a parachute. The cause of death was, you know, they got a, they got a piece of wreckage they fatally wounded them. They fell in a way that fatally wounded them again. Ephesians, Colossians 3, 6 makes the same point. It is because of our sin that we are judged if we are outside of Christ. The book of Revelation depicts this moment as well in, back in Revelation 20, beginning in verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and the sky fled away. No place was found for them. And I saw the dead great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Those books are the record of our conduct, and it's not pretty. Every sin, every idle thought, every idle deed, every disobedient act recorded in those books. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. That is... The cause of condemnation and judgment for the sinner is their sin. And that's true of all people all over the world. The only means of escape is the gospel and Jesus Christ. But the basis of condemnation 
is sin. They were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, he's not thrown into the lake of fire because he's not found in the book of life. He's thrown in the lake of fire because of his sin. And so will you be if you don't come to faith in Christ. But for those who are written in the Lamb's book of life, those who have come to faith in Christ, those who have been saved by turning from their sin and trusting Jesus by faith, we do not stand in the judgment of sin. Jesus Christ has paid the penalty for our sin, and our sin is forgiven and forgotten on the basis of the blood of Jesus. And yet we're told we will stand in a judgment. What is judgment for the believer? Well, I believe the Word of God makes it clear it is a judgment of stewardship. It's a judgment of opportunity. Opportunity given and opportunity taken advantage of often to a less than perfect degree. I believe this judgment is described in most detail in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. <clears throat> According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. Someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. That is, what as a follower of Christ, what opportunities did you take to build well upon the foundation of Christ's finished work, and what opportunities did you miss, or did you build something well, flimsy and impermanent. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward, and that's a good thing. If anyone's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss, though he himself will be saved. And that's a critically important point, but only as through fire. That is, you and I are going to stand not in a judgment for sin, but in a judgment for stewardship. A judgment of, this is what I provided you, how'd you do with it? And you and I both know that none of us are going to succeed perfectly well in that judgment. But there is a doctrine of eternal reward, and there are opportunities for you and I to serve our master well. Main takeaway I want you to get is, if you're a believer in Christ, you will not be judged for your sin. Because Jesus has covered that record entirely with his spotless record, uh, paid for in blood on his cross and proven by his resurrection. If you are outside of Christ and you die in that state, your rejection of Christ is only one of many, many sins. And the person who's never heard of Jesus is not going to go to hell forever because they never heard of Jesus. They're going to go to hell forever because during their life they were a thief and a liar and a blasphemer and one who ignored the light of God in creation that he did provide, which means that all who don't hear the gospel are doomed to the resurrection of sin, which means we must urgently tell people about Jesus, the only means to escape the judgment on sin. 
I hope by now you have you have liked or followed these podcasts. I hope that they're a regular part of your life. Looking forward this week to um, uh, Here at Home, hosted by Pastor Mark Bricker, where he talks with Megan Davidson about one of the most remarkable testimony stories you will ever hear. I promise. Anyway, I'm glad you were with us this week, and we look forward to being back together again next week on this, the Beyond the Notes podcast. <laughs>